meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia years and places that stretch across the globe. Norm Westmore and his wife live a life of fulfillment in a sleepy little town tucked in the Sierra Nevada mountains. You would never know that Norm's successes as a mechanical engineer and family man were born from a difficult upbringing on a farm with no father to guide his development. As a youth, Norm contributed to the farm by doing every job that was necessary. He developed an inner strength that farmers gleaned from attacking head-on the many problems that need to be resolved on the farm. Norm fell back on these experiences later as he became a very successful professional in the telephone company. He would take on problems that many would avoid with the attitude of doing what it took. Recognizing the importance of these experiences, he has become a good listener and encourages people that it's okay to take risks in life. Become curious how you can solve the challenges that present themselves and never give up. Just do what it takes. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Norm Westmore. This happened so quickly that we, we hooked up, and, and now I'm here sitting in your dining room talking with you about yes. wisdom. Coming from, from a senior, can I, can I ask your age? Yes, I'm 75. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? I grew up in Yuba City, and I was born in Oakland. And uh, my mother um, moved me when I was two weeks old to live with uh, her brother and uh, my grandmother in Yuba City on a farm. It's been, a, uh, I think, a very blessed life journey for me. Let's get into that. Okay. Because you were sharing with me yesterday or day before that family situation for you as a child was, was a bit on the rough side. Maybe you can explain, explain that. Yes, I think that the, the values that I uh, have lived in my life really grew out of those early experiences in my childhood and my youth. And uh, my father abandoned my mother and I, and my mother uh, had an extended uh, family, and uh, they took her in with me as a baby. This was in um, early 1938 in a small farm in Yuba City. Um, my uncles, my mother's brothers, were rice farmers, but they also had a small ranch and farm where they farmed uh, peaches initially on the farm I lived, and then uh, later almonds. Did you have a lot of involvement in the farm? I did. As I, as I got older, of course, we had you know, chickens and we had a cow and, uh, and uh, a horse and we had these almonds. And I learned very early in my uh, childhood about uh, being responsible. And uh, actually, my mother was, was, did not work, and she never remarried. And um, my mother was, was concerned about money because she knew she was dependent on her brother and uh, his generosity. Well, uh, I recall in that time period also, wasn't the Depression going on? Right at the okay. end of the Depression. But yes, it was uh, in the farm areas, it was still uh, uh, difficult. And uh, so anyway, I, uh, I, I lived on this farm and I, I would say we, we had adequate, uh, you know, we had shelter, we had food, we had uh, grew a lot of our own food. And, uh, but yet my mother uh, displayed a lot of anxiousness because she didn't have any backup position and she really, for a small farming community, didn't have skills. 
She had been working in the Bay Area, but uh, of course, as a secretary, but uh, really uh, was her job was, uh, as she saw it, was to take care of me. And But she had family there, right? Yes, she, she had a very family. extensive family, and there was a lot of love and a lot of caring, and I, my uncles uh, really became like uh, surrogate fathers to me. They gave me a lot of responsibility fairly early on, but then they also had high expectations of, of how I did things. So I suppose when you mix a tight family, and it sounds like you sure had a tight family, and a farming environment where you can exercise your talents and your your value system that that probably was a good a good combination of circumstances. Steve, I think I think what it gave me and it's just looking back of course <laughs> down your life is what are the things that you learned from those experiences and uh, one of the things that was paramount in I think my values was on the farm you just got it done. Whatever needed to get done, you did it and you had to do it sometimes under tremendous time pressure. And here's the essence of it, I, and I have many memories of whether it was, uh, you know, the peaches or uh, the rice, and probably the rice more because that was our cash crop. Uh, as we came up to harvest time, you were always faced with, could you get the crop in before the rains came? And, and your entire next year's livelihood depended upon getting it in. And so equipment would break down, and I remember my uncles working well into the night, and then I very early on learned, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, operate this equipment. And I remember if it would break down, then many times I was involved in uh, helping uh, repair it because you just couldn't go down to the local um, harvester place and get the parts you needed. Sometimes you had to fabricate it literally on the spot. So, so in that environment, you're under a lot of pressure and there was everybody pitched in. And the other thing that I learned and I saw was when we finished uh, harvesting uh, our crop, we immediately went to the neighbors and started helping them. Or if they finished before we did, they came over and helped us. So there was this community feeling between all the farmers. They helped each other out and they went without prompting. They just walked, would walk across the road and say, oh, we're gonna finish up in two days and uh, we're ready to come over and start working on your place. You still have connections with family down in that area? I have uh, some cousins. I, at one time, I had uh, 25 cousins. Many of those have passed away now. And I was on the younger uh, side of that group, uh, of all those cousins. And uh, yes, I occasionally see uh, some of my cousins. We get to lunch, have lunch maybe uh, once or twice a year. I, w I was wondering if, if it's still the same down there where there's no boundaries on properties. Will you help them, they help you. It's that type of camaraderie, we're all in it together type of attitude. It still exists? I think it does to a degree. I'm not that close to it now, but I have some cousins that are still farmers. I think there is, that, that kind of sharing and community still exists. I, I also say this, that another thing that, that occurred in those formative years is I was expected to help my uncles on the farm but they didn't have any sons, and on the rice farm, I was being really groomed to take that over. So there wasn't a lot of value in terms of going to college. As a matter of fact, none of my cousins really went to college. So I wasn't motivated to, A, study hard, and, and I kind of just got along in, in my studies. But I was good at, uh, at getting things done on the farm, given a lot of responsibility, learning how to operate equipment. And I, and I, I learned that, and there was a lot of love in that in that environment, but there was also high expectations. So I was held to high standards. 
Well, you were dealing where the rubber meets the road. I mean, one thing about farming is you never know what the weather's going to be. Right. And so based on that, you've got to be Johnny on the spot. I mean, when you need to do something, you just get it on and do it. That's, that's right. just life, right? It, it, it right. really depends on a successful life is, in farming requires that type of diligence. Yes, I, I think what I learned there was that many factors were beyond your control and uh, the weather and uh, the pollination uh, season and the availability of water and all of these external factors that you, you the farmer, couldn't control. So you really worked on those things that you could control, so you had to have your equipment ready when it was time to move, and you had to move quickly, you made uh, decisions quickly. And a large part of farming is a big gamble. Basically, you have an on switch. You just it, do what it takes. Uh, that was, yes, that, I would say that's the golden nugget is, um, that, that nugget helped me, and we'll talk a little bit later about my, my career. I didn't go into farming. I went in to, to work for a large corporation. And I think one of those, uh, those kernels really did help me and enhance my, my business career. You became quite a, probably an intense person <laughs> if you had that type of drive. <laughs> and eventually, uh, you know, eventually you find yourself uh, giving back to people. That sort of fell out of this somehow. Yes, uh, it, it did. And I, and I think there was a, a couple of things that uh, influenced my, um, my ability to um, be successful, I think, in, in, the, in the world of business. One of us getting it done no matter what it takes. And maybe there was a element in there I, I know of um, thinking about this before. I was, I was abandoned by my father, and so I was probably challenged, and therefore I was pretty focused in being successful. And maybe underlying that was the idea. The idea was that I was going to prove him that I, I could be successful. So I think I was pretty driven. Did you become a, a better listener through this process? I think that came later. I would say that the, I was very blessed in having a loving uncles around me, but I also was blessed in neighbors that I worked for. It gave me a lot of responsibility when I was a teenager. So I was uh, operating equipment. I remember a neighbor uh, hiring me very quickly, gave me a lot of responsibility on operating his equipment. And he taught me things and he took me under his wing. Uh, he, was a, he was a great mentor to me because he trusted me and, uh, and he had patience and he was skilled. And he, was a, and he was also a very a purposeful man and a very successful farmer. He was of Japanese heritage, and that was right after World War II, so there was a lot of animosity towards people of Japanese ancestry. Yet he was a hero in World War II, but he never talked about it. He fought in the famous 442nd unit in World War II in Germany, which took the heaviest casualties of any unit in Europe. And yet he never talked about that. Wow. Let's apply this golden nugget of doing what it takes to today. We live in a rapid world. It's very much diversified, even more so than before because of technological improvements that have happened through time. Would you say taking risk would be a worthy approach to take when you have an attitude of doing what it takes? You know, working, thinking out of the box. I definitely think it's a it's a, a characteristic that's really important in today's uh, youth and, and children mm -hmm. is to encourage them and to be willing to take risk, to step out, to provide encouragement for them, to lift them up, to find their their hidden talents and whatever there are. If they're have got great mechanical skills, great, pursue that. If they've, if they've got skills in music, follow that. If they're athletes, follow that. If they're scholars, follow that, whatever that dream is. But 
I have come to believe that one of the things in, in, of those of us that are older can give to uh, the generations uh, that follow uh, is encouragement and mentoring and coaching and uh, not driving them, but, but really encouraging them to excel and to take risks and follow their dreams. And you may also mentioned that uh, don't get hung up on, as far as your encouragement goes, don't get all hung up with the circumstance. Uh, if it's not your responsibility, dig in anyhow and help out if you see a, a need is, is, uh, is, if something is needed. Right. I, I th- yeah, I think that's a good point. In, in my business career, I found that if you just got the job done and, and, and were willing to help people out and to overcome obstacles, that pretty soon you stood out, and people recognized that, especially in the, in the corporation that I worked. I worked in telecommunications. And so that thread going back to my childhood and, and the things I learned followed through. So as you go about taking on solving problems, if it doesn't go exactly, in fact, it usually doesn't go like this. Applying it to real life, you have a plan, you start out uh, uh, working your plan, and immediately you realize there are variables that you had no idea were even present, and now you're stuck with trying to solve some problem. That happens a lot. In addition to that, you look at something that basically works okay in the world, but you know, you want to make it better. You want to improve on that. And that seems to be something that falls out of, of what you're suggesting today, too, on taking risk and really doing what it takes. Yeah, I would, ag- I would agree very much. I think that's a very important part of it. And, 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 and Steve, I think what it is, is when I talk about taking risks, it's okay to fail or it's okay to come up short. But you learn from that and you go again. If, if you end up trying something and it doesn't work, do you just give up and, and leave it? And, and, and I think uh, an attitude of saying, well, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Questioning it. Is there a better way to do that? And then getting ideas in. And I, and I think many people coming together to work on a problem is a lot better than one person. And I may not have the solution to it, but back to your point earlier about listening. So how do you get something done through other people? Well, a lot of times, Will you help me solve this problem? I've got a problem here. I tried this, I tried this, I couldn't resolve it. How would you go about this? And it's amazing. I've learned what comes out of that. Mm-hmm. I could see how this would help with professional work, for our, our, our work, our life's work. How would this uh, same sort of philosophy or viewpoint help with personal life gains? Well, I, I think it's uh, critical to how you raise your children and how you encourage them. And maybe not have your plan for your children's growth, but what is it that excites them? Uh, what is it that's fulfilling for them? Maybe it's playing the piano, or but maybe you wanted to have them be a soccer player. But finding out what, what brings them joy and, uh, and then encouraging them to pursue their dreams and be a facilitator of that. I think as a parent, the thing that I've learned the most is to be supportive in the times that are difficult, when there are tears, when there are disappointments. How do you not be devastated and encourage your children not to be devastated Mm -hmm. by their failure? Mm -hmm. And what do they learn out of that? And uh, for me, that's the greatest gift uh, uh, in terms of love and care that you can give your children. Uh, Children is to uh, stand with them, especially in their times when there may be tears instead of joys of laughter. 
Well, that most certainly goes along with doing what it takes. Right. <laughs> with a family, just like in the farm. I mean, I, I remember some farmers saying this also, that uh, it's like taking care of a farm and crops is like taking care of your family. It's, mm -hmm. it's one and the same. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for, for sharing today. Okay, Steve. These great words of wisdom from a senior. Thanks a lot.